Okay. All right. This is the Maranatha podcast, and I am Ben. I'm Brian. <laughs> All right. So, so um, I'm, I'm excited to I'm, I'm excited for this conversation because you know we're in the um, we're in the season of Advent, um, and you know it's what's what's really great is you know the word that word advent means really means coming Mm -hmm. i mean just if you i guess the simple definition well um you know you'll hear and it's in the name of our podcast in the in maranatha which means lord come you know Mm -hmm. The Lord came, and the Lord is coming. Simple. So, um, we are going to be really um, what I, I, I was just was really been in my heart for a long time, but especially going into this season was focusing on Jesus. Um, uh, Ishua, which is his given hebrew name which which literally means to save right to to save his people from sin um which is and i just you know i thought it's it's really important and we obviously it's something we should do every single moment of every single day of you know of our time here of our time here on earth is focus fully put our focus fully on him but especially i think this season focusing on the significance and just the just the reality of the messiah so him as the messiah but not just as a messiah or as a king but as the which is something that's largely missed and this is something i I really will get more into as, as we go along but as the Jewish Jewish Messiah and how how important that is to view him as that and also how important it is for us to understand the significance when we look when we look through scripture that that clearly points you know to this coming to this coming Messiah and this coming king and this longing and this m- Maranatha cry that the, the that the Jewish people have had for really for a millennia and are and still have there's still that you know there's there's so many who have who you know who are still looking to the sky so to speak yeah right for for the return of the Messiah but he he came Right, and there's so many that that did not because they were looking for this, 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 want this traveling. I guess you could, kind of wandering traveling rabbi that. He, I mean, he didn't fit to their mold because they were looking for a con. They were looking then, they were looking for a conquering king. They were looking for a kind of a mixture of David and Solomon, someone who's going to drive out the Romans. Kind of just kick him to the you yeah. Know, they were looking for David and Moses combined, basically. Right. 
yeah yeah and so when you know when jesus finally came out and he finally well, he finally his when his, he really came out and to the public and started doing everything you know the 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 pharisees you know uh the religious leaders of the time did not i mean this wasn't this wasn't the guy that they're like oh, like oh this wasn't the guy that they were expecting mm-hmm. and you know they were but he became so there were so many that just that fell in love with him and he became such a popular you know he be, he became so many saw who he saw him for who he was basically and they were following him so that was what for so long they were fearful of taking any action because they didn't, you know, there was, there was a history of, there was history of, you know, uh, an erection and, 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 and rebellion and, and revolt against Rome. And so they're like, well, we, we don't want to stir the pot. So, so anyway, but so that is what we're going to be. I think the next few episodes, um, if my hope is that we can really get into just a, really just a deep conversation on this because there's so much I mean one thing that I really tried to do is and I think it's important is not to view the Old Testament and the New Testament as two separate books but to view scripture to view the Bible as it should be as one story which is the restoration and the redemption of not only the entirety of humanity but the but Zion right the nation of Israel Jerusalem and then in turn you know i mean and and that doesn't cancel out those of us who are non-jewish right gentiles cuz we were grafted in to that to uh uh, the Abrahamic, you know, uh, covenant. We, we were grafted in, right? To that promise. So, right, we're we're adopted by faith. Right. Um, I think I think that's the important thing is that we're we're adopted, right? We're adopted by faith. We're not. We're we're. He is the father. They are his children. Like the the, the they are his people, his chosen people, and we are we are blessed that we get to become adopted sons of, of, of him through, through our faith in this promised Jewish Messiah. Right. Um, and, you know, so I have the, and I think I pointed out before, as I have the uh, Jewish study, the complete Jewish study about translation. One cool thing, and this is something that I, I, I was looking over, I've been looking over kind of in preparation for this conversation is it gives you um, it basically lays out the entirety, every prophecy and every scripture reference that can be found. But basically it lays out a, a layout because there's, there's so many messianic prophecies that the, the, you know, that the Messiah had to fill and Mm -hmm. 
200 some odd if i'm not mistaken yeah. i mean look i mean i can kind of show but like this is a huge i mean it, it goes from basically the it goes from the genesis. very beginning yeah genesis 315 all the way to revelation and it's insane but you know and honestly i think that is where so you know let's start really yeah you know let's go to let's go to you know let's go to genesis 315 when you know so literally right after right after the fall right and, and you think of you know we're talking about you know about this advent season and they're they're you know each week so we're going through my wife and i we're 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 going through a it's called let let the earth receive her king it's a advent devotional that are that are churches that our pastor is using it for his for his uh, series of sermons anyway this last this last week so we just went through hope now we're starting with peace anyway you, you know so you go to genesis three fifteen and you see basically the disobedience of adam and eve you see them part- going to the tree of life eating from the fruit that they were told by god not to and then you know she was tempted eve was tempted by by the serpent by satan the accuser lucifer how so many different names but basically she was she was she was tempted and and she, and she ate from the fruit and so this is this is god this is yahweh immediately after to the serpent i will put anonymity between you and the woman between your offspring and her offspring he will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel right so what's what's crazy is is that's the first so when you look at this list that is at the top that is the very first and and that is widely that's widely it's, it, the interpretation is argued by some, you know, between different groups, but the is widely accepted that that is the very first prophecy, that is that is God's first promise of the coming of this, you know, of this, this of this of this Messiah. Although he doesn't use the word Messiah, he clearly it, it is going to be is going to be a somebody a descendant of eve who will crush the head of the serpent and you know mm-hmm. a, and when you when you go to revelation when you go toward the end of revelation when the, you know you see that genesis three fifteen prophecy fulfilled by the by the by basically the Christ returns and he crushes the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. You know they 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 cast him into the abyss, and it's you know it's powerful because you think about this the state, you know you imagine the state of hopelessness at that moment, right? right. Like, like literally, you had you had the Garden of Eden, you had every you had every amenity that God can offer you were in full relationship with him you were in his presence daily and then you just it just by i mean you think about the 
by just eating from a tree right like like the just eating from just eating a piece of fruit it's like it's like the equivalent of eating like a pear from you know but it's because he he that was his command that was the only thing they can they could not touch mm-hmm. was was tr- fruit from that tree the, the, yep. the only thing they had so many other you know so many they had they had they had you know the they had water they had and this food they had animal i mean and then you know just that one moment just unleashes this lets in just not only destroys the relationship between humanity and not destroys fractures the relationship between humanity and god but also just lets in just chaos into the world mm-hmm. you know and um you know, you then, you know, you kind of jump ahead to the exile of, you know, the exile of the Judeans into Babylon. Then 70 years, 70 years later, they're set free and they're told, all right, you can go home. And they go home and it's just complete. I mean, it's complete destruction. There's strangers living in there. There's strangers living in the land. Jerusalem is pretty much a just a ruin heap because it's been it's been it's been sacked and destroyed so many times. The temple is destroyed. I mean, they're in a state of hopelessness, and yep. so then what do they do? They cry out to God. They cry out, "Why?" You know, I, I it's a, I think it's Isaiah it's Isaiah sixty four is they, I mean, they cry out they cry out to God and they long for the restoration of not only the people, but of the land and of, and the kingdom that they had. So that they had so long ago. So, yeah, you know, it's just really. And so when you think about, basically, I think, you know, it's, they're crying out for a hope. They're, they're crying out because it's there's just there's just hopelessness and just death, sadness, destruction. I mean, this was not the this was not the return that they had. This is not the return that so many of them had pictured. And you think about the, the kind of the new generation because you know you think about the new generation that was that was born in Babylon that had heard stories about mm-hmm. the about about all like the glory of israel and the and, and the land and then they get back and they're like whoa like this is this is a dump <laughs> what was i you know what what were you telling me on my life and it's just you know it's just so really powerful and then, then i think you also you look at where we are right now in uh you know 2000 2020 with just this this pandemic and everything else that's been tied into it and we're kind of in that same i feel like we are in our own season of crying out of hopelessness so many people are looking for reassurance looking for answers looking for hope and you know and that's why it's important for us there's only there's only one who will bring us any any hope 
peace, joy, love, anything, and that is Christ Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what, and that's what I think. That is what the purpose, like I, I like I said, the purpose of this. Um, not only this, I feel like not only this series of conversations we're gonna have, Brian, but also what I felt like this podcast. And that is why, and this would be, and you know, I know you and I talked about it um, before, but that's why, you know, adding on to the name of the Maranatha podcast, the Maranatha Cry, because that's very much something that is deeply needed, both within the body of Christ, but then also, obviously there's so many outside who are who don't know don't know the gospel don't know who jesus is and so it's important to take that message in out and yet it's 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 funny like you said like there are many people who don't have the message but still something in their soul is longing for that right and they try to find that they try to find, you know, we're, we're crying, Christ, come back, Christ, come back. We are, as Christians, you know, we have, we have the Jewish, our, our Jewish brothers and sisters who don't know Christ, who are screaming, you know, you know they're crying, you know, Messiah, come, Messiah, come. Uh, and then you've got those who also don't know Christ and aren't, you know, there aren't of the Jewish faith as well. You've got them who are like, they're looking for it anywhere and everywhere, right? They're looking for it in, in music. They're looking for it in science. They're looking for it everywhere. And everybody's heart's crying for the same thing. But un- unfortunately, that, that the focus of those cries are not towards the only thing worth crying out for, right? Right. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we, we really, you know, we, we have a, we as a society and as a people really have a tendency to try to try to grasp on anything that we think will bring us, you know, any sort of joy or happiness or peace or love. Right. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things that people are willing to do to themselves and do or to uh, or to like obsess over or cling on to and yet when you you know you present them this you present the, you present them this this gospel this this message of hope this message of a promise of this of this messiah this triumphant king who who's going to return and you know and he came as well really as one of the mo- there's nothing more vulnerable than a human child right mm-hmm. especially especially an infant you and i are both fathers i mean there's nothing more vulnerable than <laughs> than a than a child like you know and to think and not to mention the time period you think about it the first century in judea like the time period that that christ was born into was one of the most worst i think one of the most i mean just 
it was not a it was not a nice time for so many. No. It was not to, to, to be alive for so for so many, um, especially in that especially where he was born into. So I think is it's it's unique because he was born he was born as a descendant of Eve. He was born a descendant of King David. He was born a descendant. I mean, he, he was, he was uh, by all sense, he had the authority of heaven. He had the authority of earth. He had authority over hell. He had the ultimate authority, and yet he was, hum- he was born as a humble, as just a normal I mean, not normal, but he was born human. He as, was, a human. as a human. He was brought into the world right. as a human. And he, you know, obviously he was fully God, fully man, but there were so many other ways that he could have came. But his first coming was not and, and this is this is something that I was thinking about. You know, you think about what we were talking about. We were talking about this earlier, but how there's this this view of the Messiah as the coming, as the king, as the conquering king, as the riding into Jerusalem, vanquishing, you know, vanquishing the Romans, kicking them out. Right. I think that was. I think that was. That was. I think that was mixed up. What what they were looking for. It, it was coming he's going to return he's going to return as a triumphant king he's going to destroy he's going to destroy satan he's going to destroy the antichrist he's going to destroy the he's going to crush the head of the serpent but it wasn't it wasn't the first century it wasn't the first century in the you know to to the romans he wasn't he wasn't it, the 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 kingdom wasn't yes it's going to be in Jerusalem but it wasn't it wasn't in that time at that moment in that in that setting of history right he, he, you know he kind of you know he came as like I said he came as a child then he grew into the he grew into he grew into the Messiah he grew in as a humbled servant who who came with a mission to restore to to prepare i think to prepare and to restore people to to a relationship with god right that was that was fractured and then he and then he's going to come he is going to he is going to come again in a final just you know final awesome this return where he just finally just like i said just just they throw the serpent you know they throw him into the abyss he restores zion and then all and then all nations will come to know him as lord right i mean it you know it yeah it's just it's just really i mean really when you think about it it's just 
awesome. Yeah, it's 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 funny though how they had this decidedly revelation esque view of the Messiah coming in because I mean it, it's it's exactly you know Jesus you know second coming right coming out on the horse uh, sword drawn ready to just just mm-hmm. dispatch everybody and establish his kingdom but then it leads back to what is today known as the the forbidden the forbidden chapter the forbidden book in Isaiah you know Isaiah 53 where it actually goes through and describes in vivid vivid detail what the messiah actually has to go through first right this is like a this is what's going to happen to him you guys are going to you guys are going to not listen to him right you're going to hate him right but he is going to bear our sickness. You know, he is going to carry our pain. You know, it goes through, he's going to be stricken. He's going to, it goes pierced and all that. And that's one of the reasons why that is this part, this, this is not read. This chapter is not read in synagogues across the world. Uh, And there's, there's a reason for that because when you read this, there's only one person in history who's fit this right there's only one you you can't look at this and be like oh yeah well yeah that hasn't happened yet because we know it's happened there's document there's documented proof not just in scripture but you know gen like gentile non-believing like historical proof that it's happened right mm-hmm. so it it's it's strange and yet it's sad right that even back towards like what it's Genesis chapter 22. I think it is when, when Abraham is taking um, Isaac up to, uh, to, because God told him to go, you know, sacrifice him. Right. Right. Uh, Where is it? Chapter. Is it 22? Yeah, it is here. So, but where, you know, Isaac's saying, Hey, where's the, you know, we've got all this wood. And we've got everything that we need to do the sacrifice, but we don't have anything to sacrifice. I mean, this is this is weird. And Abraham there said, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's funny because there he says, God himself will provide the lamb. Right? But what did God actually provide up there on the mountain for him to sacrifice? It was a goat. Mm-hmm wasn't it wasn't a lamb it was a goat so that right there where he's saying god himself provide the lamb is not talking about that sacrifice that god provided him Mm. the goat there's there there's a different word used for each of these animals on purpose because that lamb that god himself is going to provide was not the one that was going to be provided to spare isaac's life but rather the one that was going to be provided to spare all those who believe in that lamb that whosoever believes in that lamb shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Like it's right there. Like that right there is a foretelling and a foreshadowing and like a prophecy basically of right. the coming Messiah. Right. And, you know, yeah, like you said, it's, it's really amazing because I think, and uh, you know, this is something else that was on my mind. I think you can trace that rejection of Isaiah 53 and the rejection of Jesus as Messiah all the way, all the way back to the, to, to, to the 
Pharisees and the you know, and all these different groups, all these different religious leaders that fully rejected rejected Jesus. But mm -hmm. there's also, you know, I think one thing that's important, and this is why, and you know, we we as a people, we as followers of of Jesus of Yeshua, of, you know, of this Messiah, we are called to, we are a people that are called to provoke God's chosen people, the Jewish people, to jealousy. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, and, and this, is, this, this is something that I, you know, unfortunately, there is a, there is a kind of, there is a lot of, especially recently, there is a exploding wave of anti-zionism anti-semitism just in the church like not 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 just what's outside of the church but the you know like you know like the jews control the media the jews control the world yep. god hates the jews because they killed his son but there's the whole honestly that was the reason he went to the one of the, one of the main reasons that he was he took to the cross was for the future restoration and for the redemption of his of his people. He even says, "I have come first for the lost sheep in the house of Israel." I mean, we're talking about the very people that Paul said, "I would give up, I would sacrifice myself for an eternity in hell if I knew that it would let my people be saved, like all of my people be saved." Right. I would gladly say, "Send me to hell for all eternity, away from the very one that I love the most." if it meant my entire people would be saved. Right. Like, and, and I think these people, and I, I'm just like you, I've been hearing it a whole lot lately on places like YouTube, on the news, every which way. And it's been kind of, we're even, even like street interviews and stuff like that, just random street interviews, like in normal conversations on secular, like YouTube channels, it comes up and I'm like, this is, this is crazy. But I think the thing that we, we lose sight of is that we we as Christians believe there's no such thing as like a coincidence, right? There, there's not a there's not a coincidence. Coincidences don't happen, and God doesn't have a plan B. God's never had a plan B. It's been His plan from the get go. His plan from the get go involved these people, His people, rejecting so that the Gentiles could be then be grafted in and be adopted into that same line. Because if it wasn't for that. If, if Jesus came and all, the, all, all of God's people, all of God's chosen people, all of the Jewish people said, this is it. This is amazing. This is great. Well, what, what, what need is there to go get the Gentiles? All my people came here. The, the mm. very, like you said, the very reason for us, like one of the very reasons for us is those hard-hearted, those who have had their hearts hardened, we're to provoke them to jealousy and not wish for them all to die in Nazi concentration camps or whatever else there might be, right? It's mm -hmm. to love them and show that love of Christ, that love pointing towards the Messiah, because everything we do as Christians should point back to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Should point everybody else back to Jesus. And it's that love that, you know, Christ even said that we should have for one another. And that's how people will know that we're his disciples. If we have love for one another and love for other people, that should point them back to them. Like, wait, they've got something that we don't have. I thought we had it all together. Mm -hmm. And 
and that's that's vitally vitally important you know i i was thinking of so i was looking at zachariah in the in the, in the first chapter of zachariah you know there's just so there's this it's 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 chapter one verse 12 and it said then the angel angel of the lord said O lord of hosts how long will you have no mercy on jerusalem and the cities of judah against which you have been angry these 70 years and the lord answers gracious and comforting words to the angel who talked with me so the angel who talked with me said to me cry out thus the lord of hosts I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion. So, Yahweh, Yeshua, Jesus, there is, he is jealous. He, he is, he, he, he has a burning passion, a love. There, there's, a, there's a reason he chose Abraham for the first covenant. There's a reason that, 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 the Jews are called the chosen people, mm-hmm. but also you see it throughout, especially throughout um, the 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 years in the desert, the wandering years. They so many times, just like just like there's so many, just like us, so many times they've rejected, they have turned away from, they have they have perverted his covenant time and time and time again through idol worship through disobedience i mean just you can you write you can write a list and but did he ever and yes they were punished just like you know i look at it as just like if my kids do something that that i view as not right and i view as disobedience i'm going to punish them granted my punishments are are a little less heavy but nonetheless it's that it's that mentality of a a parent a father lovingly lovingly punishing his children for for disobedience and yet he didn't you know you think about he could have he, at any time, he could have just wiped them all out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just he could have started over, but like that, nah, you know, I'm done. And, and you know, you see, but see, here's the thing: you see that kind of thing in different. You see that kind of thing in different mythologies. You know, you see that kind of thing in in and really all you know like greek mythology and you know like this 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 mentality of oh well i hate these people so i'm going to start over that's not what god did with the jewish people yep he had a con- he still he had and he still has a continuing he is like i said like it's said in zachariah he is jealous for zion and, and for jerusalem yeah, and he, I, 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 go he, ahead. He longs for his people. You know, he he, he uh, Ishua longs for his people to recognize 
to see him as as who he is. He longs for them to come into relationship with him as their triumphant king, as their Messiah, as as Lord. Nowhere in Scripture will you find any indication that God is ever fully has any hatred or is ever done with with the Jewish people. And, you know, a, a really good chapter to read, and I think, Brian, you referenced it, is Romans 11. You know, where Paul fully, fully affirms that God is not rejecting I believe it's Romans 11. <laughs> That's yeah. I want to be. Okay. Yes. So. so, yeah. So he, where Paul is basically saying this God will not, is not rejecting, will never reject his chosen people, the people of Israel. And, I mean, if anybody watching this ever needs to know how God feels toward Israel and God's love for Israel, just read the book of Hosea, right? Mm-hmm. The book of Hosea is, is basically, I mean, it's basically God's relationship with Israel put into, manifested through the life of a man. Like, it's, it's exactly that, like. It, it's striking. So like Hosea, like chapter one, verse two, like, right. When the Lord, Lord first spoke to Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a woman of promiscuity. I, I mean, that's, that's Israel in a nutshell. I mean, Moses was literally getting the law from God. And while he was up there on the mountain, getting the law from God, they made a golden calf. <laughs> like the Jewish people made a golden calf. I mean, you're in the presence. Like you can hear God talking. And yet, like the very same God who has, you know, led you out of bondage. And yet that happens. And yet he, his love for them is, is so, so strong. And it's, it had to be like it. God made that covenant with Abraham and Abraham had nothing to do with it. He played no part in it. He just received the covenant. Like God said, I'm making this promise to you. Like the world is going to be blessed through you. Period. End of the end of discussion. Nothing more. Like you have nothing to do with this. I'm just saying I'm upholding this. And if I don't uphold this, then I'm a liar. And if I'm a liar, then I'm not God. Well, then also, you know, you're talking about Genesis. Um, if you look at the way that God made that, that God affirmed this to Abraham. So, you know, I, I think it's, uh, how many, I, I believe it's Genesis, I want to say 15. Um, I'm seeing if I'm so you know 
God, you know, not only he he promises Abraham, and they yes. they make a they make a contract of sorts. Oh, here it is. Yeah, so it is fifteen. So, you know, it's um. Sorry, I, I got to get the actual part that I was thinking of. Um. Okay, so this is this is this is going from verse twelve, and he says, "As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, because he wasn't then called Abraham. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to you, Abram, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be inflicted for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on." On, on the nation, and they will serve, and afterwards they shall come out with great possession. As for you, you shall go to your go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried in a good old age. They shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquities of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone, so it, when the sun had gone down and it, and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying to saying to your offspring, "I give the land from the from the river Egypt." So basically, and I may so basically, God. They God had God had Abraham so that they they tore apart all these different all these animals and and they spread the pieces and the blood and so the and this was a common this was a common way to make a contract between one party and another party essentially yep. saying if I break my promises let this be done to me and and to my descendants so God God is literally telling Abraham. If I do not uphold my promises to you and to your people, for what I've just told you, let 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 me be torn apart like these animals and scattered across the earth. Yep. God keeps His promises. That is one thing that we see over and over again in Scripture, and that that is not that is that is not just a and the way you know He didn't have to He didn't have to. Uh, that that way to Abraham, he could have been like, "Hey, dude, I'm God. Just just trust what I say and suck it up and deal with it." But he made a powerful declaration, a powerful contract, a powerful proof of to Abraham, "I am God. I keep my promises. You will have. You will. Your descendants will be great. You will be the father of a nation." Mm-hmm. And that is mind blowing. So when you say, but see, also I feel like when you say that, oh, God's done with Israel. He's done with the Jewish people. He's done with, he, you know, he hates, or you even go as far as to replace that covenant with you know, the mm-hmm. the replacement, the replacement theology that's out there. You're essentially, you are calling, really, you're calling. God a 
liar. You're saying that he doesn't keep his promises and you're, you know, and, and I, that's a real misinterpretation of what scripture actually says throughout the, the entirety. Yep. You know, I mean. Yeah. And let's, let's not forget too that Abraham, Abraham or Abram at the time never passed between the carcasses. Mm -hmm. Never. He was asleep. God said, here, you sleep. I'm doing all the work in this one. You can count mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. So normally under normal tradition, both parties making the covenant would walk between those. Mm -hmm. Whereas this was a one-sided covenant saying, Hey, this is going to happen whether you like it or not, I'm going to uphold it. And to say that, to say that, god is not still bound to that and still does not bind himself to those people is is ludicrous because without those people we wouldn't have a messiah that's the thing the messiah had to come from those people he couldn't come from anywhere else like he had to be he had to fully keep the law right the law was given to the jews he had to come from that jewish seed like there's there's a specific in in prophecies it has to come from you know from david from abraham it has to meet it has to meet all those requirements with without the messiah being jewish it, it can't happen there's no way it can happen so if god loves those people enough that the messiah himself came from that line why would you say oh well now he's done with them that makes no sense really right that logic doesn't carry out well then too you know he you think about so this, it was uh second it's second samuel uh chapter seven um 12 through 13 where basically Alright. And really I feel like this is a this is a real this one is really significant because um you know alright. So yeah, so chapter seven is God's the covenant he makes with King David. And you know, so he's saying here, all right, keep on blind. <laughs> okay, so in chapter, verse 12, he says, when, when your days are filled, when your days are fulfilled, and you lie down with your fathers, I will rise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your from your body and i will establish his kingdom he shall build a house for my name and i will establish the throne of his kingdom forever mm -hmm. i will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son when he commits when he commits iniquity i will discipline him with the rod of man with the strips of the sons of man but my steadfast love will not depart from him as i took it from saul when I put away from from before you, and your house and your kingdom shall be made forever before me, 
your throne shall be established forever. Okay, so essentially he's saying that you're going to have the, an offspring from, from you, from your line, a descendant, is going to rule forever. From, mm-hmm. he's saying he's going to rule from Jerusalem. Your throne will reign forever. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the kingdom of David was temporary. You know, if you look at the, like, if you look at the, you know, you look at the conquering of Jerusalem by Babylon, his last, his last human descendant, the last king, I forget the, what, uh, what the name was, but the last official king that came from the land of David was killed during the Babylonian Things like the lap before, before they started sending uh, the Jews out of exile. Right. But he's saying that there will be, you will have a descendant that will rule, that will rule forever. Yep. And that's why also when you, when we look at Christ, we really need to view him as the Jewish Messiah because scripture you know because 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 the bible clearly points clearly makes a point of pointing him as as that as the jewish messiah as he's not you know he's not a gentile he's not he's not he is not european he's not white he's not roman he's not he's not sumerian he is he is Jewish. That's why his name. That's why it's it. When you when you look at this, his given Hebrew name, uh, Yeshua. It it is it's powerful. It's significant. It means it means salvation. And I think that so it's kind of striking too how many. How many Christians don't know or have have don't haven't haven't viewed him as as that? Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's I, I'm, and I think that there is a because there's a such a history of like anti-Semitism and just kind of a, a really a. Almost really a hatred, a long hatred for the Jewish people that that pre that predates the Holocaust. I mean, goes all the way. But but then you got to think about why, right? Why are they such a despised and hate? How could one one people and one land be hated so much and honestly i think it goes to back to that first promise in 315 because satan was rejected because he you know when he rebelled you know and he was and he was cast from heaven god chose god chose this group of people as his chosen people, and so I, I, I think there's almost a satanic 
you know, there's a, there really is a satanic, just a satanic push against God's chosen people. And, and we see that throughout scripture. We see that in Revelation. There's a promise that there's going to be hard times ahead for the, this, this rage that, that, that Satan and that uh, the Antichrist will have against not just against the jewish people against the followers of christ because they are we are god's people Mm -hmm. and we long to be we long to to return to the very beginning Mm-hmm. to that relationship to that peace t- to that restoration so as we you know i think as we continue these um as we continue these conversations like i said i i just really think it's important to for us to really just really dig in and to really look and anticipate the coming Messiah and the coming King. And, you know, just because there's so much, there's so much that you can talk about. There's so much of the, you know, the way that like, just like in, just in the book of Hebrews, for example, the way that Jesus is described and talked about is just so so powerful and and it's something that we all desperately need mm-hmm. especially now yep i i really think that in this season that we are in right now 2020 with covid is is really honestly i really think it's really is a really prophetic time because there's so many that are that are seeing truth right now that that are coming to christ that are that this has really forced people to to actually to this has really brought things to a standstill so it's forced yeah. people to be to, you know, like you can't really you can't do anything that you would normally do. You know, so a lot of the things that give people comfort or give people, or I guess give people a sense of comfort, have been stripped away. Mm-hmm. And there's this, it's kind of put people in a, I, I, dare I say, a season of desperation. In a lot of ways, because mm-hmm. there's so many people. There's health-wise, financially, um, you know. I mean, just the number of people who have lost not not just their jobs, but people who have had to like you look at look at the restaurant, but like the hospitality industry. And there's a some. I mean, I was listening to the radio this morning, and there's something like twenty 
thousand, 23,000 restaurants have been forced to close. 20,000 of those will not reopen. Mm. And you think about all those people who are not only out of jobs, but also have lost their, I guess, passion and their livelihood. Yeah. And it's not just in, see, and I think is too, is we are, we are people who, we are people who follow after that fall off of Christ for whether, you know, like, Hey, like if there's, if there is joy, then that's important, but we don't only, we don't only follow him during, during the good times. We, we especially are called to keep, to keep our eyes on him Mm -hmm. during the incredibly tribulation during the hard times, because it is in those, it is in, it is in tribulation that you truly see him for, you will truly see God, you truly see Christ for who he is. You know, like when you, you know, when you look at the church, which, which, you know, okay, so you take, take two different sides. You've got one side that is prosperous, has everything they, they could possibly want, need, has the support of politicians, governments, whatever, right? Then you look at the other side. You have, you have a, you have persecution. You have, you have widespread persecution. You have widespread rejection of the gospel. But which of those? What two sides is truly? truly prosperous truly truly alive mm-hmm. gonna, i'm gonna veer over to the side that's that's under intense persecution that's in a that's in tribulation because when you right. look at you're right and when you look at the history church history you see that you see that that the true body of christ that the true i guess you could say the the true nature of the church has flourished and is still that that hasn't changed but has under persecution Mm -hmm. under hard times under and this right now even I would say in general it is a very you know like it's kind of crazy but I feel like it's it's ex- there's extremely it's extremely hard across the board I think for this the church and for the body of Christ but I think also more of for those of us that are here in the like you know like and the united states and the western countries because we have we've never had to deal with our churches being restricted or our you know like the way that we the way that we choose to operate or the way that we choose that we choose to worship restricted 
necessarily. Whereas in, say, Syria and Iraq and Iran and China and all these and so many other places, this is the only the only really thing that's new to them about this is this pandemic. I mean, this particular so one because they've yeah. also had you know Mars and they've had the SARS SARS one right. and right. already. But well, yeah, but it's. But then also, so sorry. Right, right. No, but you know, then so many of they've already not had what we would call churches. They've already they've that's something that they've been that's 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 been common. Yep. But they're concealing like there is that I sent you that link Brian to that conversation that they were, uh, it was the voice of the martyrs and they just had a, they were, they were talking with uh, the, I think he was, I, I, and I'm, I might be wrong. I think that the gentleman that wasn't, that they were talking to from Iran was actually one of the main contributors to these sheep among wolves too. I think he was actually part of that because it, it just, he, he actually brought that up. And then so, anyway, not, but I, anyway, but he was talking about how um, just, just sharing some of the, just really just amazing things that has happened in light of, in light of COVID that and actually despite the fact that they're restricted because you know they just can't i mean they can't leave their homes but they've never church you know churches aren't legal there anyway like he was just sharing them on how you know they you know they went to a village of about 250 people and the um local Imam, I think how you pronounce it. Anyway, they they went and they shared food and and they brought them resources and they were they were stumped because no one's ever no one's came to help them. And then in that they also shared with them the gospel. Well, like I think it was a couple of days later they went back. Those the two the two local. Those those leaders that they talked to came to Christ. In turn, two hundred and fifty people also came. Also came to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's powerful. So kind of like I mean, I may be getting off topic a little bit, but it's all connected to this one to to Jesus to Ishua to 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 the Messiah and so like I said you know, like I'm just looking forward to the conversations ahead um, and I just think that this is a really significant this season 
this, um, you know, uh, uh, the Advent season this year is really, really significant because we are in a, we're really in a, we're in a desperate time right now, I guess you could use. We're in a time that so many people need hope, they need peace, they need joy, they need love. But most importantly, they need to see those characteristics, those things, in as in one, only one area, and that is in Christ, because he is the only one that can truly bring those things to us and not temporary not just not just in a fleeting moment but forever so Amen. 